When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. For myself, John Kelly, I'm here along with Jeremiah Stringer, and we are more than excited to to be here right now because today we've got a really fun topic we're talking about. But before we get to that, Jeremiah, yeah, um, I just have to say I just got done taking my kids to a staple of our community here in Kentucky, and that is Zaxby's Chicken. Zaxby's, the most overrated chicken restaurant in the state. That is not the most overrated chicken restaurant in the state. <laughs> that, Dude. That, that, would be, that would be Chick-fil-A. No, man. That's the Lord's chicken. I don't care. It is, it is so, it's good, okay? Chick-fil-A is good. But holy man, you can't even drive by without seeing like cars wrapped around the building. For this silly like fried chicken, I mean it's good, but it's not that good, dude. I would, I think KFC is better than 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 Chick Fil A. I like Popeyes better than I like Chick Fil A. Are you insane? You literally sound no. like a crazy person right now. No, dude, I'm not. You've just bought into the hype. The hype. It's for for here's the thing. For something to be overrated, <sighs> it means it has to be rated high. And you know where Zaxby's is rated on most people's lists of of chicken in the negatives. Low. They're low. Yeah, because it's not good. So it can't be. It, it's not bad. My kids loved it. Actually, my kids liked it better than they liked Chick-fil-A. Just throwing that out there. But uh, just saying, man, overrated means it has to be rated high. Something can't be overrated if it's not rated high. So to say that Zaxby's is overrated, that's crazy talk. All that's, right. that's just, that just sounds like you're trying to hold a man down. Touche. I'll give you that one. Let's just say... <laughs> It meets expectations at those low ratings. I actually think it's pretty good, man. Well, let me tell their, you. Their hot chicken sandwich, their, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's like the one that's real spicy. Yeah. And that is so good. My first uh, Zaxby's experience was whenever I was in college. Okay. We, didn't, we uh, didn't have Zaxby's in my hometown, a population of like two or 3,000 people. We had McDonald's and Wendy's, Taco Bell. But I tried Zaxby's in college, and they had the – I mean, it felt like my food had been sitting under a heat lamp for 20 minutes whenever I got it. It was the driest – it was the most terrible toast I've had in my entire life, and their toast is supposed to be good. Okay, so is it possible that you just went to a really bad Zaxby's? I went to another Zaxby's. We had multiple Zaxby's whenever I was in college because I lived in a college town. So yeah. I don't. we have a Zaxby's here where I live now. Still not good. I mean, I'll eat it. See, some, the Zaxby's in our town is good. They will give us, like, on Teacher Appreciation Week, the one week teachers get appreciated just a little bit. They will give us... Uh, some, I appreciate teachers a lot. I appreciate <laughs> them even more when there's actually school going on. Just want to point out that today's a snow day. <laughs> Today is and a so snow day. And so for day two of this week, I am in daddy daycare, and it's looking like it may be tomorrow as well. Yeah. Public education, free daycare. Well, I'm not happy about it. Well, my son goes to a preschool, and we have to pay regardless of whether they have school. 
Oh, that doesn't make any sense. That's just how they work, man. That's preschools for you. Well, I'm here. I'm off. Which is nice because this is a nice, comfortable time to uh, have our conversation. It's about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Dude. Just kind of a <laughs> chill afternoon. There's not really much else to do me, except talk to you. So me, I, I think this is this is good stuff. Let me give you a little background on the conversation I wanted to have today. Oh, I'm ready for this. Yeah, because this is, this is a good one. This is a really good one. <laughs> so I was... Uh, I got this idea because we were talking a few weeks ago to Andrew Skirka, and he brought up a couple of controversial opinions, if you will, when it comes to the backpacking community and kind of how how it's perceived versus real life. Because you can preach, preach, yeah. preach stuff, but once you get out there and actually in the elements and have to, uh, you know coincide with mother nature sometimes it's a different story so i thought it's like people's hiking videos yeah like uh, everybody pretends like they're happy the whole time and they've never huffed and puffed up or down a hill and that's bull man everybody has like had that that horrible climb but nobody films that part yeah that's that's very true dan becker he just did a really good video kind of on that subject about did, him, yeah. him being a quote-unquote fraud and yeah uh, oh can I tell you a funny story about Dan? Yeah, go on ahead. Podcasts. So the Backpacking and Blisters podcast, which we were on recently, mm -hmm. um, and I got a chance to co-host uh, a few weeks back. Uh, they just had Dan on this week, and Dan forgot that he had been on our podcast. Oh, I'm not surprised. What a true completely friend. forgot. Like he had told he had told those guys that they were the only podcast that he does, mm -hmm. and then like less than a month later, he was on our podcast. <laughs> 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 and and Carl was giving him a hard time and he just didn't even remember any of it. Boy, didn't uh wasn't Dan on one of the earlier episodes with guests on here? Like we did a bunch of episodes with no guest. Yeah, he's been on here a couple times now. He's been on here a couple of, he's been on the backpacking and blisters podcast four times. Oh, you're really showing those guys some love. It's a good podcast. It is a great podcast. I've been on there three times, twice as a guest and once as a co-host. And I I texted Carl yesterday said, dude, I can't let Dan Becker beat me on this too. So you got to get me back on. <laughs> Those guys have a, a totally different attack to how they do their podcast versus this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a blast. They're hilarious. Different dynamic and everything. But anyway, um, the, so I had the idea after we had talked to Andrew Skirka and, uh, I said, this will make a good video idea for my YouTube channel. And so I like, typically a little behind the scenes on YouTube. Um, sometimes you're very strategic on how you vi do videos, and sometimes you're just really excited about doing a video. Um, so you, you know, you map it out and stuff and you make it. Other times you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to grow your channel or you're working with a sponsor and that, that has to fit the theme of the video and stuff too. So sometimes you just spitball. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I've got, I got to get a video out, so I'm just going to spitball one here. Well, I'm like, at, granted, I'm not very good at getting videos out, period, for the last <laughs> six months. So, well, you've been consistently putting out episodes on the podcast for years no, we haven't now, missed though. the podcast once. Yeah, no. So, um, I, I topped up the video idea. So, like I was saying, a little behind the scenes, I like to do a general outline of my videos. And if it's like, you know, seven bullet points or something like that, and then I'll do like little sub points that are subject words that, they basically jog my memory on what I wanted to talk about during the video. 
So I, I typed up this little outline because I wanted to use it with a sponsor for a video I was putting out next week or the following okay. week. And then I, after I got it all typed up, I said, you know, I, I went back and read the contract I had with the sponsor. And oh, there no, were, what happened? <laughs> well, I don't have to say what send, happened, but nothing happened. This is just a professional adult decision that, you know, like a business decision I made. Cause you don't, you a lot of times don't have to run the, uh, the video idea by the sponsor. You might have to right. send them a draft of the video before you publish it. And then they're, they're basically checking to see, did he say anything he wasn't supposed to? And did he meet the terms of the agreement for the, the advertisement that I'm doing? Right. So I went back and read the contract and I was like, I don't think this is going to work because there were some things in the contract that I thought would kind of clash with the subjects in the video, which we're going to talk about basically in more depth today. I feel like okay. the, the podcast is like long form. We can really unpack stuff and give our, yeah. our true opinions and it's long form conversation. As we're a video, it needs to be like a prom dress. You know, it has to be... It has to be long enough. Short to and revealing. Is <laughs> no. That what you're it has to be short and revealing. Is that is that's prom dresses these days, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I had to help with prom. Sometimes it's mandatory. But this is what my English teacher in high school <laughs> said. <laughs> Usually, I don't go to prom unless I have to. My English teacher in high school said that my papers need to be like a prom dress. You know, he's making an analogy. And I said, this fits for my YouTube videos, too. It has to be long enough to color the subject, but short enough to keep it interesting. So that means your videos are usually like 10 That's minutes. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually like 10 minutes or less, something like that. 12 minutes. You, you don't want a whole bunch of rambling like I'm doing now. So... That's why I thought we could kind of unpack some of these ideas today, and then I could give the short and abbreviated version on my YouTube channel. Let's unpack this stuff, dude. Yeah, What's then, your first controversial backpacker item? Okay. Uh, this one, not super controversial, uh, so this is a little bit more easy going, but I put lots of backpackers drink unfiltered or unpurified water. That's true. I actually talked to some friends of mine who backpack a lot and they go to the Smokies and they say once they get up past a certain uh, height or certain altitude, uh -huh. they quit filtering water. And I think they're wrong for that. I agree. I told them that. <laughs> I was like, I've had, I've had uh, Giardia. It's, it's the furthest thing from fun. Okay. Let's talk about Giardia for a second. Cause that seems like the number one thing that people say when you talk about unfiltered water. Yeah. First thing they say is Giardia and diarrhea. I've never had Giardia. I think it's a bacteria, but I could be wrong. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a virus. I don't really know how the filters take it out, but what specifically is Giardia and what are the symptoms like? How much diarrhea do you have and how many days of diarrhea? Okay, I'm looking it up right now. I, we're going to go full-on medical here. Let's investigate. Uh, G Giardia is actually a tiny parasite that okay. causes the diarrheal disease giardiasis. Giardia is found on surfaces or in soil, food, or water that has been contaminated with feces from infected people or animals. So basically, and, and here's, it goes, actually it says, you can get giardiasis. Is that how you pronounce it? Giardiasis? Giardiasis? I don't I have, know. I have no if you idea. swallow Giardia germs. I have to be careful I'm saying that because we are a family 
show. <laughs> um, Giardia spreads easily and can spread from person to person or through contaminated water, food, surfaces, or objects. The most common way people get sick is by swallowing contaminated drinking water or recreational water. For example, lakes, rivers, pools. I was in. Yep. Well, first, let's answer the question. How long does the diarrhea last and how much diarrhea is it? When I had it, I had it on the Sheltoe Trace and we lucked out because we had been hiking through rain for days and we decided to stay in a hotel. And so we got to the hotel. Everything was fine. The next morning I woke up. I used the bathroom six times. Uh, before 10 a.m. And uh, on the way home, which was like maybe two hours, we had to stop along the way because I wasn't going to make it home. Did you run and out of And then when TV? I got home, I went three more times and slept for eight hours straight. Oh, my gosh. Did you run out of toilet paper while you were out on trail? Uh, Well, we were at a hotel. Oh, so you're saying that you were doing the shell towie and you didn't know that you had Giardia until you got to the hotel. I missed that. Yeah, we didn't know. What we didn't know, yeah, it was it been raining the whole time. We've been sleeping in rain and wet stuff the whole time. And we were at a, we were nearby a trail town and so we decided to get a hotel. And there was this one hotel that give only charged us like I want to say 50 bucks for a room. Wow, that sounds like a terrible hotel. Well, no, it was awesome actually. It was really nice and they let us use their uh, washing machines. To wash our, and dry all of our stuff. And then... Like, not the pay stuff, but their actual stuff they use to do their linens and everything in. So, yours lasted one day? Oh, no, no. That was just the first day. <laughs> then I was just sick as a dog for two days after that. <laughs> and how did you... So, know? it was three days of just misery. How did you know it was Giardia? Um, I found out later. Like, I talked to a doctor, and he said, he said the only thing that could have been was Giardia, given the situation and everything that was going on. Okay, let me give you a poop story. We got some complaints. Every, by the way, there are a lot of people mad at our last episode. That's what I was going to say. We didn't say. have a guest on, and, and they, we didn't have any poop stories during our thing, and they were mad at us. There were people that left comments, angry comments about that. So, Jeremiah, thank you for bringing this topic up so that we could actually talk about this for everyone. Yeah, and there was I saw two complaints. I'm trying to uh, block out all the clutter and noise here. But I saw two complaints. <laughs> <laughs> the first complaint was the lack of poop. And yes. the second complaint um, was if people want to submit a guest, there's no way to do that. I think, mm. do you think that we should like make a Google form or something? That No, you know what link? I think we should do? What? They should leave us a voice message on our website. Well, they could do that, but I think that if we add in like a link to, they could just click to make it easy. I think that that would work. No, but I still want the voice messages because they're fun. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We need to put a link in the description yes. of every one of them so, so that they yes. can just click it. And then it's like, do you want to record a voice message for the Backpacking Podcast and possibly be featured in a segment on the show? Click here. Man, you just... Here's the thing. You're you're the creative one in this group. Like wow. you're the one that's got like all those creative juices and people think I come up with stuff. I don't. You just tell me what to do and I know the technical part. Could not be so, further from the truth. This is this is awesome, man. I like this idea. This is good. This is good stuff. Yeah, well, we'll everybody's hearing in. us brainstorm how we're going to put our channel together. <laughs> we have, we're 3 <laughs> years deep, 4 years deep into the podcast. Still figuring we're finally it out. Figuring out how to get guests. <laughs> So speaking of, 
people, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to say who it is, but February 20th, we got a big one coming on. So be ready. Mm. Just We just put it in the calendar this week. Mark that and date down. Both of us are super excited about this one. Oh, yes. I am equally excited for this guest as the one that I've missed out on twice uh, in the past year and a half. Oh, yeah. The big yeah. fish. Yes. Uh, so, anyway, um, what were we talking about? Oh, oh yeah, we the just poop. finished up talking about Giardia. The poop, yeah. I want to tell you a poop story. So, uh, I was in Guatemala on a mission trip, and we stayed there for a week and was working with this orphanage and uh, staying at what's called the Mana House. And they basically okay. host different, like, mission groups um, that want to come and... I don't know, the, the church that I was going to at the time helped build an orphanage right there next to it. Over, helped build one, didn't, you know, just show up and build it, but helped for the Concrete right. Foundation and stuff. And then years later, you kind of see the little piece that you, you helped play. So we were right. down there, and um, this is Guatemala City that we're in. And uh, to say it nicely, their, their culture and living circumstances where I was is totally different than the way I live here in the States. And, uh, I guess sometimes maybe even if you're not drinking the water, you can still get contaminants. I thought maybe it was just, they had washed a salad in their tap water and that's what made me sick. But dude, um, I may already told this before, but we flew back the day that we were flying out, like the night before I started getting some rumbling in my tummy Then I started going Mm, to the bathroom. Yep. Start going to the bathroom. Woke up a couple of times during the night, you know, had to get on the pot and uh, definitely the bubble guts. And the bubble guts. Then we had a flight leaving at like, I don't know, we got up really early, 6, 5, 6 a.m., got up, went to the airport, flew to Dallas, Fort Worth, and I had diarrhea on the plane multiple times. And one of the worst things in the world is having diarrhea. While you're on an international flight for That hours. doesn't sound exciting at all. It sounds horrible. We had an eight-hour layover in Dallas-Fort Worth where I continued. I had took a Fenegrin and passed out at the giant mall there in Dallas for four hours on a bench. Would wake up every once in a while, have to go to the bathroom, and then we had a flight from Dallas-Fort Worth back to Kentucky. I think we flew into Cincinnati or Lexington. And I don't know... But I went to the doctor, and they said, you have traveler's diarrhea. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is. And they kind of explained it to me. But to me, what is the difference between that and exactly what you said with the Giardia? Because that sounds like exactly the same thing. Well, I had massive abdominal pain. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you you had that or not, if it was just the poops. Mm -hmm. But I had, like, massive abdominal pain. I was miserable. Um, And it exhausted me, man. Like, I was... I was so tired. I slept a full night at the hotel, woke up the next morning, was home by 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, something like that, and then mm-hmm. slept for eight more hours. Wow. I mean, it was bad. So I'm sure there's differences between the two, but that was just my experience with Giardia. And I haven't had it since. I'm way more careful. with my. What I think probably happened was because it was raining so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you don't need a lot of it to get it. You know what I mean? It's not like you need like, a gallon of water to get giardia you just have to get the wrong little section of water to get it and so the only thing i could figure is when i was filtering water maybe i didn't have the bag screwed on tight enough to the back of my filter 
and some of the water dripped down into my clean water, and there it was. So yeah, it just takes one drop. It just does one drop, one drop. Uh, let me wrap up so, my unfiltered water part of this uh, conversation we're having here. So yes. I, I put a little sub, a couple little sub points here. I have seen multiple of my friends not filter water under like the same water I would filter out of the creek in the valley. They would drink unfiltered, but some of them will only drink it like you were saying, like you're on top of a mountain um, and the chances of something being dead above where you're getting the water from or something pooping in it is a lot lower than just like, you know, you're in Kentucky at a thousand feet and there's a creek running through. Right. So, uh, I also put on there, I think that uh, sometimes people just don't want to carry the filter. Like I ran into the guy that had set the FKT. He was setting at the same time that I was on the Vermont Long Trail, and he didn't filter water at all. And I thought it was the uh, all the moose poop that the water was running through that made it like brown colored. But yeah, I, I think that we have figured out in the past that was probably tannins in the water. Yeah, tannins. Not yeah. the uh, moose poop. On top of the mountain, that was uh, <laughs> flavoring the water for him. Mm, best flavor ever. Yeah, just got poop Yeah, flavor. so uh, th- we had when we were at the um, Pictured Rocks Trail, there was one uh, thing of water where the water was heavy with tannins, um, almost bronze colored water. And I remember drinking water out of a cliffside down in the Big South Fork that we found. It was in the middle of one of those rainstorms, and we needed water really bad. And there was water coming out the, coming right out of the rocks, and so we filtered that water, and it was red. And you still had to drink it. It, it didn't taste too bad. Did it taste like copper? A little bit. Tastes like you just took a drink of blood. Just, just no. It tastes like I've been licking pennies. Water vampire. Water vampire. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty gross. <laughs> That's terrible. That's funny though. Okay, so let's get to number two on this list. Uh-huh. Number two on this list. And this is one that I've done many times, and I think you have as well. And uh, they find that most people that hike the Appalachian Trail actually do this instead of what technically everybody claims that they do. Hmm. And that is most people sleep with their bear bags or their food bags, whatever you want to call it, instead of hanging them. What do you mean by sleep with it? Well, I mean, several of them will keep them right there in their tents. Yeah, like uh, keep those bags right in their tents. I know uh, when I was hiking the Sheltoe Trace, I never hung a bear bag the entire trip. Mm-hmm. And all I did was at the end of each day, I took my dirty underwear, my dirty socks, and laid it on top of my food bag. Yeah, some, some people would... that smells worse by far than my food. <laughs> well, I still think that a bear or something could smell the food, but some people would just like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I love all my friends that I backpack with. And I don't have yes. any anybody in particular in mind whenever I say this. This is not an I love you, but. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. It's not one of those. I'm just saying, generally speaking, sometimes you can be backpacking with somebody, whether it's somebody you're friends with or you're just meeting or whatever, somebody, somebody else, someone that you're backpacking with that someone else brought. It, it could be anybody. Some, some people... I don't know if they live like this or not, but it feels like their gear, um, it's like it just gets vomited out of their backpack and spread out everywhere. You know what I mean? And then like some yeah. people, it's like everything stays packed 
almost in a specific spot in their backpack or somewhere, or they have it stashed somewhere at camp, whether it's in their, their hammock uh, or whatever. There's like a, a location for everything. Right. So um, those same people <laughs> that I feel like don't have a location for anything, they just kind of like their gear vomits everywhere, and you'll find this and this and this the next morning around the fire pit. <laughs> and, you know, their foot will be hanging out of their tent the next morning or whatever. Yeah. Those same people will just, like, throw their bear bag on the ground. Uh, like, they'll fall asleep, and they'll just be, like, food and stuff scattered at their, oh. at their tent. Other people will be very, very anal about it. So, Jupiter Hikes, for example, I feel like he's very anal about his food situation, and he doesn't hang a bear bag, and he doesn't use a bear canister like a BV500 or something. He has he doesn't eat at camp, which takes insane discipline. I don't know how anybody does that. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. And so he'll eat before he gets to camp. And then whenever he gets to camp, his food is I guess kind of his pillow. He puts it in an odor proof bag, which I don't know if bears can smell through that and raccoons and possums and stuff, but claims that it is I think double bagged, maybe. I can't remember. Maybe. But anyway, some people are very anal about it. But some people are just literally like I don't know. I feel like it's a frat house that you walked into from college and everything's just yeah. everywhere. Yeah, and that's usually where the mice show up. It's usually not bears that you're dealing with. It's usually like mice and other rodents, mm-hmm. which I think are worse. Yeah, I I mean, I hate to say it that way, but at least a bear's just going to grab it and leave. Yeah, or kill you. They could kill you. Yeah, but does that? how many times does that actually happen? It's happened to somebody. It, I mean, it's it, yeah. I, I just I don't hear about all these amazing bear attacks out on hikers very often. No, um, a lot of I think especially especially around here where we are in the Red River Gorge. Now, I'm not I'm not advocating for people to sleep with their bear bags. It sounds okay, like just, you're uh, advocating for people not to hang a bear bag, John. That's what I, that's what my takeaway is. I know you're doing that to me right now. It kind of hurts my feelings. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, but I, for me, like I know the Red River Gorge. If I'm there, I don't have to worry about bears. Yeah, I just don't have to worry about bears. They're they're not coming anywhere near. You'll see the scat, but they're so small. Like the bears in our part of Kentucky are not like the bears in the Smokies. I would never sleep with a bear bag in the Smokies. The bears in the Smokies are a lot of nuisance. Well, that and they're not afraid of people. No, they are uh, desensitized to people. Yeah, so like bear bags here in Kentucky, they they hear you coming, they're gone. You'll never see them. Yeah, most in, of the time in Tennessee, they'll find you, and they're not afraid of you. Like you can you can try and scare them off, but Luckily, in the Smokies, they have uh, bear cables pretty much everywhere, so you don't have to really worry about it. Mm-hmm. But, man, people, if you sleep with your bear bag in the Smokies, you're crazy. Yeah, That's dude, just my opinion. That's my I, opinion. I think one of the biggest barriers to hanging a bear bag is getting the, the rock sack or whatever, somehow getting your line over the limb. That's one. <laughs> that and, and when you miss it, man. Then you like, could. You, you could saw the a... video of my friend Sean. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was yeah. awful. I felt so bad for him. I mean, first time throwing that. The, for the people who don't know, hadn't seen the episode. This is a few episodes back, but uh, we went out to uh, down to North Carolina, South Carolina, down to South Carolina. We we're doing the foothills trail, and he took his rock sack the first night. First time he ever did it. And I said, "I'll video it. This will be your first time throwing your rock sack." He throws it up. <laughs> It catches the line, catches on the tree, and then spins around the tree, and just basically he lassos the tree. <laughs> I mean, there was there was nothing we could do. It took us a half hour to get that thing down. 
Um, Dude. So it, it can just be, it cannot be fun sometimes. Let me tell you another one on the bear, the bear hanging situation. So I don't think he's ever going to listen to this, but I'm not going to say his name. But I, I took one of my friends uh, backpacking for the first time, and he is an outdoorsman. Like, I feel like he has such a better chance at survival than I do. If the world were to end and you said, we're dropping you off in the middle of the woods and you have to just live, I think that he would live far longer than me. He's got a forestry degree. He marks uh, lumber. He worked for logging companies, traveled all over the states, working outdoors. And I took him backpacking, which is totally different than all those other things. It's totally different. Backpacking, you have a purpose, and you have very specific niche gear for your trip. And I I remember we hung a bear bag, and uh, he took the bear. So you hang it, and then you have to clip your line through a carabiner most of the time. And then you'll clip your food to the carabiner, and you'll pull it up. Yeah. Well, you have to have weight on the carabiner for the carabiner to drop back down to the ground. He took the the food bag off that next morning, and then I guess he thought he was just going to pull the line off the tree, and he left it hooked in the carabiner, and then just pulled the carabiner all the way up to the top, and then, just like you would imagine, it was stuck in the tree. So I have 50 feet of zinc. <laughs> so the, carab- the carabiner couldn't come down because it was just kind of sitting there. It's just a carabiner. There's no weight on it to let for gravity <laughs> to pull it back down. So it basically fantastic. Do I know this person? No, I don't think so. I don't think you've ever met him. But uh, yeah, it it's basically tying a knot around the limb up there, and then you have fifty feet of zinc just hanging there in the air. Total, and you can't do anything with it. Can't do. I mean, how are you supposed to get it down? I mean, you can cut it. You can either cut the tree or cut the line or leave it. Those are basically your only options. Or if the tree's small enough, you can kind of bend it over and get the line out. But you know. I don't know. What do you do? You just take salvage whatever you can. But well, and let's just be honest. When it comes to hanging a bear bag, it's you don't find the perfect hang. Never. You just never find the perfect hang. You find really close, but you rarely ever find the perfect hang. I mean, I saw two guys hang one, and I might have mentioned this during the Skirka podcast, but I, I saw two guys like a little tree that was maybe twelve feet up, and they hung their bear bag like two feet from the side of this little tree mm-hmm. and it was hanging down like four or five feet. I mean, I could literally jump up and grab it. So yeah. it did nothing. Yeah, like it was like defeats the purpose. There was no purpose in putting that there. Mm-hmm. I know for me, when I'm in the gorge, I just hang it off the end of my hammock. Yeah. Whatever it takes to get it off mine. the ground. And, yeah. you know, uh, we use those. I mean, mine's Dyneema. I don't know what your bear bag is made of that. Eco Dyneema or whatever. What is it? Ben sells them. This stuff right here? Yeah, whatever that is, it's like crinkly Dyneema. Uh, but like, <laughs> yeah, a little ASMR for everybody. They, the, their ants can't get in there because you, you know, yeah. you've rolled it over and I don't know, raccoons and stuff could tear a hole in it definitely. But I don't know though, man. It, it's hard to puncture that stuff. Yeah, like at least that kind right there. That I mean, I'm sure they could eventually, but they're really gonna have to work at it. I think. I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd like to see yeah. how easy it is to get through. Maybe we should have Ben oh, to buy a raccoon. Should we capture a raccoon. Yeah, we'll give it to Ben. Put a bunch of food in a little bag made out of that. 
Mm-hmm. You have to starve the raccoon for three days, and then you throw a bag of uh, food in there, in the in the the bear bag. Just see how yeah. quickly they can rip through it. I think they tear right through it. I don't know. Do raccoons have uh, pretty good sized claws? Sharp claws. I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad. They're bigger than cats. Don't raccoons have thumbs? I don't. What? Okay, I'm, look I'm googling that right now. I'm pretty sure that's the weirdest weirdest question of the week. Do raccoons have thumbs? Raccoons they have pretty uh, they have pretty good dexterity in their paws. I'm pretty sure, and they're smart. So maybe a okay, raccoon. I, okay, so I you know when you type in Google, and it tells you like ideas for things. Uh huh. The first one came up was do raccoons have thumbs? Bro, I'm telling you, how many people are asking the hard questions? You got me. I don't know if anybody else is doing it, but you got they me. They lack thumbs. Okay. They have five uh, long tapered fingers and long nails. But they do have pretty good dexterity in their their paws. Yes. So they might just figure out how to unclasp that. Maybe. That would be genius. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. So, so that was that was number two. That was number Hanging two. Hanging a bear bag. Yes. What's number three? Number three, this one I absolutely advocate the opposite for of of what, what I'm about to say. Lots of backpackers, um, they don't dig cat holes at all. No, they, they just, don't. You're right. Just You're right about on that. The ground. Now, that, whenever I was growing up, and we've talked a little bit about this before, when I was growing up, you... I've never even heard of a cat hole. Like you would, you go on your grandpa's farm and, you know, you'd walk past all the barns and the cattle and horses and dog kennels and all that stuff all the way out through the woods. You'd be ginseng hunting. You had to go. You had no toilet paper, you know, and you just poop on the ground. Can you explain for the average person what ginseng hunting is? After knowing you now for three and a half years, I know what ginseng hunting is. Yeah. But I'm guaranteeing there are people going, ginseng what? Like, are you going out with guns and hunting for the ginseng animals? Like, what 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 is ginseng hunting for these people? Well, I'm sure most people have heard of ginseng. It it's a root that a lot of different energy drinks and pills and I don't know that a lot of different companies use it in their products that you would eat or drink. And it's a root. It's valuable. You dig it up, you dry it out, and then you sell it. So there's a huge. I don't really call it a black market, but it could be illegal. I don't know. You'd like, you'll. <laughs> it's a I mean, bit, I don't know if it's illegal, but I mean, you make more money than selling cocaine. It's great. <laughs> well, you probably wouldn't make more than selling cocaine, but <laughs> I think last year it sold for probably like in Kentucky, maybe eight, $900 a pound after it's been dried out. So if you can find a lot wow. of it. Wow. Yeah. Bridget, my wife, Bridget, her dad, he, he hunts it, but I've been and, um, I'm not good at it, but some people, you know, you you can walk down the trail and it gives you something fun to do. You're kind of looking for the plant, and then if you find it, you can dig it. But you have to have a permit depending on where you're at. So most people I know that do it stick to, like, private land. You know, you ask mm-hmm. old Jim Bob, hey, you got 80 acres out here. You think I can come ginseng hunting? Yeah, go ahead. I ain't using that. So dig up those roots, dry them out, and sell them. Wow. Pretty yeah. cool. Now I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, the digging the cat. You're home. talking about you, you. You were basically talking about when you would go out and poop on your grandpa's farm. Yeah, just like a deer or any other animal. You just poop, and it's not a big deal. Now where it becomes a big deal is you have, say for example, the Appalachian Trail. You have thousands and thousands of people 
every year, not just through hikers, but thousands of people every year using that trail. So you get some some parts that are just so congested, and then everybody still has to poop. If you if you get people not digging cat holes in those sections, uh, then it contaminates the water source because every time it rains, the watershed for that area. And it's pretty gross because you'll be going out there and you're like, oh, there's a perfect spot to poop. And then you step in somebody else's or you put your tent down yeah. on top of it. As uh, was it Skirka that was talking about putting his tent on top of somebody's poop? Uh, I think I think something like that or him or one of, the, one of his get one of his uh, people that was on a trip with him did. Yeah. But I think that there's nuance when it comes to the conversation about cat holes. Obviously, because we talked about out west, you have to use um, dog bags. bags. Yeah. I call them dog bag, wag bags. It's so, definitely not a doggy bag. I'm not taking that home with me. The freaking Dude, did I tell you Golden Graham, every time I take him for a walk around the neighborhood, he has to poop twice? Every single <laughs> time. And then you're walking around with a bag of poo in your hand. Not just one bag, walk. three bags. Because Golden Graham has to poop twice, and Petey has to poop. Dang, I just, bro. I don't understand why they won't poop in my yard before we go on a walk. But, I mean, if you think about that, though, how nice is it to mow your yard and not have all that extra poop in your yard? That's the thing. They're still pooping in my yard, too. So now, <laughs> <laughs> so then you <laughs> you run over it with the lawnmower, and then that same spot on the tire, every time it turns up next to you, you smell the poop. You're mowing the yard. The tire <laughs> rotates. The poop comes up. You know what I'm saying? I, I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what I'm saying. You don't have a golden gram running around. Your so house. gross, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get to the next one. Let's okay. get to the next one. And, right. and I will add one other thing. And a lot of the reason why people don't dig cat holes is because either one, they don't want to carry trekking poles or two, they don't want to carry trekking poles or a trowel. And so they're trying to save weight, but by saving weight, they're not giving themselves the capability to actually dig that cat hole to do it properly. And, uh, and so that's, that is a, a reason why some people don't do that. Yeah, right or wrong, laziness too. They're just lazy. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the thing about another one. Like, if all you ever do is watch through hiking videos on mm -hmm. YouTube, you're gonna think that, man, it's just like this big social party. All we're doing is we're going out and hiking like 27 miles a day, and we get done, and we all hang out with our friends, and we have a fire, and we chill out, we eat our food, and it's great conversation. When the reality is. Most days, you get done hiking, you eat your food, and you go to bed mm. because you're just exhausted. It's a long day. Like when you're when you're out backpacking long miles, I can tell you when I did the Shell Toy Trace, I didn't do one campfire that entire time. Didn't do one because why would I? I was too tired. I mean, there was one day we got done. I think I did 24 miles that day. And I was like, I'm done. See ya. <laughs> yeah, you just want to go to bed. It's like my feet hurt. My legs hurt. I was tired. I just, I was proud of the accomplishment, but it's like, I'm going to go deal with my blisters, eat some food, and I'm going to sleep. And uh, I mean, what's your experience with that, Jeremiah? Well, I think it's kind of like anything for a lot of people from the outside looking in, it looks like all sunshine and rainbows. Right. You could you could look at like professional athletes or uh actors, 
You'd be like, oh, my gosh, they're so rich. They have such a great life. They get to meet all these people. They're famous. And then, you you know, you look at LeBron James, and instead of spending time with his family on Christmas, he's entertaining us on TV playing a basketball game on Christmas Day. Yeah. Or you look at Scarlett Johansson's acting, but she had to live for three weeks in this little trailer in a parking lot for a movie set where that's basically where she spent 24 hours a day filming this video for the past three weeks. So anything that looks awesome from the outside, most of the time there's a ton of hard work that goes in and it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like you're talking about not making the fires. I was blessed to have somebody that in my trail family, when I was doing the Vermont long trail that had already through hike the Appalachian trail. And he had just done it the previous year and it took him no time to get his trail legs back so here I was huffing and puffing, getting to camp at dark, and then he had got there at 4 p.m. and was or 3 p.m. was bored and made a fire and was drying out his socks. And you know, if it was up to me, I, there's just not enough energy at the end of the day. I want to eat, you know, and maybe hang out and talk a little bit. But that hiker midnight's real, man. It gets dark, out, yeah, and then your body's just like, well, I think I'm done, and then you go to sleep. And that's the hard part about winter backpacking. Yeah, it gets dark because at four thirty. It gets dark at like five. You know, it's like you're you're like hiker midnight in the summer is nine because it doesn't get dark till after nine a lot of times. And sometimes in the summer it's almost ten o'clock, mm-hmm. depending on where you live. Um, but yeah, I mean, once it gets dark and you've done a lot of miles, and this is more probably for through hikers than it is for weekend yeah. warriors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but man, you're just done. At the end of the day, you're done. Like you did yep. what you were, you were there to accomplish. Um, when you're through hiking, it is definitely more about the through hike than it is the camping. Yeah, but even, and so you realize that at night. Even the weekend warrior thing too. Like the the most fun trips that I have, uh, a lot of times is the weekend warrior. Let me go out Friday, Saturday night. Be back home Sunday so I can go to work. So those are not always sunshine and rainbows either. Like no, me and Jason uh, went to Cranberry Wilderness, and it rained for four days straight. And, like, the first time we saw sunshine was on the last day as we got to the ridge on the way out to the truck. So, <laughs> Don't you love that? You Yeah. You, you get it rain the whole time. Your stuff's soaking wet. Everything. And then you get to the end of the hike, and it's like, oh, here's the sun. It's like being in a rainforest in some parts, but – even though you have fun on those trips and you wouldn't trade it for anything, not every aspect is super great. Sometimes you just put in headphones and you say, I got to make it to camp so I can set up my tarp and dry everything out. And yeah, put those headphones in you look down at your feet and you don't look up until you get there. You know, sometimes it's a little bit of a grind. But, well, and sometimes you get to camp and, and like we did the, when I was in the Smokies with my buddy, Josh, we got to camp and everything was so wet. We just couldn't get a fire started. Sometimes it's hard. We didn't have a way to split wood. So there wasn't a way for us to get anything dry enough to actually get it on fire. And so we, we tried for probably two hours to make a fire. And finally we were like, forget this. It's not worth it. And we went to bed. Sometimes that's the best thing you can do is just hit the reset button. Yep. It's just how it is. That's one of the dirty little secrets. A lot of people don't let you know about is that sometimes the trip isn't always, that type one fun. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like it's like 
Facebook or Instagram. You're just getting highlights of somebody's life. You know, you're not seeing all the bad parts yeah. too. All right, yep. you want my next one? That was let's a good hear one. the next one. That was a good one. Um, I have two other ones. No, these are the disclaimer ones you were telling me about. You wouldn't tell me what they were. Yeah, I wanted to do a little disclaimer. Um, see, I think we got time to talk about both of these. I'll just do it. Just talk. Okay. So my disclaimer. We got nothing else to do right now. These aren't super bad or anything, and this is family friendly show. So, you know, it's not like we're going to get raunchy or anything. But if there is any part of you that wants to hide your children from these two, now's the time because we're about to get into it. Oh no! Oh, Johnny, he's like I'm not even sure if I want to know what this is at this point. (laughs) Okay, so. When I was on the Vermont Long Trail, I learned about this extra special day on trail that I did not participate in. It is June the 21st. You know what it is? Okay. No. A national holiday across all of the hiking world. Still don't know? Talk to me, man. Okay. I'm blanking. It is called National Hike Naked Day. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What are your thoughts? How inappropriate is the National Hike Naked Day? I just I just know that if I want to hike with my children, I don't go out that day. Oh, that's an interesting viewpoint. I got kids, man. I don't want my kids going out there and seeing naked people. See, I think most people will take the viewpoint of this is wrong and inappropriate and you shouldn't be out there doing this, participating in this. But it seems like you're taking the viewpoint, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're taking the viewpoint of people are going to do what people are going to do, and I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure my children are protected from that. Yeah, I prefer they don't. I mean, <laughs> I don't want to see that. I mean, just being honest, you know, I don't want to see it. Okay. Um, I, I think that there's... I am. Here's the thing is I'm not. I believe the things I believe, but I'm not the morality police either. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. If you don't believe what I believe, suddenly that doesn't like make me mad at you. You know what I mean? Like I, I just, I just will stay away from that topic and that place, and I will not be there for that. I think there's a misnomer. I, from from what I've been told, and I don't have any firsthand experience with this, but most of the guys they will take like their bandana and they'll take some string tied around their waist so you're not actually you know fully out all the time okay but i heard that a lot of the ladies they'll do the same thing but that means kind of the top half is still exposed right i don't know where this come from but if i had to guess for some reason and maybe i'm blaming darwin on the trail it has to be his fault. <laughs> you think that he's he's the one that I'm made just it <laughs> just we gotta pin the blame on someone we gotta pin the blame on somebody darwin's influential it's darwin's fault i think that there's something to this from the aspect of whenever you spend an extended time extended amount of time in the woods or out in nature some feral part of you just it seems like it comes out. That little caveman gene that I feel like is in all of us, it mm-hmm. just it just gets amplified. And I think that maybe that's where this whole uh, celebration that some people would well, call they, it come from. 
Well, the idea being feral is being like an animal, right? And so, like, what yeah. what is the only thing that matters to an animal? Survival. Yeah, that's your like, number that's one. That's the only thing they're thinking of. Where's my food coming from? Where's my water coming from? Where's my shelter coming from? That's it. And really, when you think about backpacking, what's the difference? That is your basic needs. You know, and so that you're not worried about playing a video game. You're not worried about watching a movie. You're not worried about going to a sporting event. You're not... Those things just don't matter when you're hiking, like because they're not there. And so, yeah, people people tend to uh, become more animalistic, more feral if they're out there for extended periods of time. That's why um, uh, the show Alone. I'm sure you've watched that, right? I love Alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- those guys have to go through counseling when they get done with that show because of how intense it is to to be out there in that situation where. Your life is literally on the line. And uh, with backpackers, it's not quite as intense as that because you've got other people and, and, and all that. But it really is that idea of where's my food coming from? Where's my water coming from? Where's my shelter coming from? There are some of those lonely trails out there, though. Oh, yeah. Sheltoy Trace is one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's not a huge – like if you're doing the Appalachian Trail, you're going to see people literally every single day. Like, yep. I'm sure even during COVID, whenever they didn't want you to backpack on the AT, I'm sure you saw people every single day. Yeah. And even though the Pacific Crest Trail and the Continental Divide Trail, I feel like those are less populated than the AT, less congested. I still think that you would see people basically every day, if not every other day. But what was right. what's the one that uh, Jesse was doing? Uh, the Great Divide Trail. Okay. I feel like that would be a lot more lonely. I feel like you could go a week without seeing someone. If you've watched any of his videos, it gets like that for him at times. Yeah, that that definitely plays on the psyche. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you want to hear my last one? Yeah, you're right. That that day is definitely a a dark secret of of the backpacking world. But if you're on YouTube, or not YouTube, but if you're on uh, Backpacking Insta, you know what I mean? Like where you're following a lot of backpackers, uh-huh. you are reminded every year of that day. Yeah, there. it seems like there is a lot of people in Facebook groups and on Instagram. I don't know if it's just, I don't know. I, it's not my job to call anybody out for anything because we no. definitely all have our own flaws. Um, so I'm not saying that this is good or bad or appropriate or inappropriate. It just seems like there is a lot of people that do the whole, you hike up to a destination and then you get in the nude, and then you take a picture. Somebody takes a picture from, like, you – it's kind of like those movies where it's, like, brief nudity as the uh, – yeah. like, the little disclaimer. And then you might see a guy's yeah. butt or something. So they, like, face away from the camera, and they got an epic view, and then for some reason they, have, they take their shirt off. Yeah. I haven't taken I haven't taken one of those, but I think that we have a lot of friends that would take them. Just well, because it's I funny, don't take too. my shirt off out of – out of respect for other people because nobody <laughs> wants to see me without a shirt on. So that's, that's always a no brainer for me, but, but no, I, I think, I think it's one of those things that, like I said, I don't want my kids out there. If people are going to be doing that because they don't need that to be seeing that. And, uh, honestly, I don't think I want to either. So, uh, what, oh. what, what is the last, this is the, this is the one you, these, these last two you refuse to tell me about. So what is, what is our last dark secret of backpacking? Okay. Well, before I give it to you, I just wanted to yes. say I have enjoyed so much talking about these, seeing you uh, at, at times 
a little bit uncomfortable and squirm a little bit. Oh, it, it brings joy to my heart. I love I, seeing I it. I didn't get uncomfortable and squirm. Oh, sorry. Did that, I? That was Did only I? that was just my perception, John. I mean, oh well, I, I'm, I need to control my my uh, the the way I'm pro- uh, projecting my feelings so that you understand better where I am. It's not you. It's me. John, it's not you, it's me. No, but I did, I think you did a great, I think you did awesome. Thanks, uh, man. Professionally navigating these topics, treating it with some nuance. So uh, what's the last one? Don't don't, don't drink it out anymore. I got to hear it. Okay. The last one is there are some very popular adult activities that happen on the trail. Um, If you backpack, especially with through hiking community, don't be surprised if there are people doing some of the same things that you would do at parties or in your private life. Like, for example, adult bre- adult beverages are very popular on trail. A lot of people, whenever they will, uh, they're, they're hiking and then they go into a town to maybe um, resupply. They might take yes. like a couple of large beers or you know those little small um, containers like a shot of alcohol that's very popular on trail and then you know like nature I, I don't know basically people smell like like potting soil a lot yeah out on trail emphasis on the potted part um, on the, the potted soil. part yeah yeah, yeah that, there's a lot of that yeah um, I went to a trampoline park the other day and we smelled a lot of potting soil there too yeah there's some different smells and it's not just those two. You could see other things like, oh, yeah. I don't know, anything that people think is going to help them get in touch with nature. Don't be surprised if you're out on trail and you see those things because they are a big part, I feel like, of the, not just the thru-hiker community, but the backpacking community as a whole. I would say the naturalist hiker community. That's a good is, way to. Is a lot of it. That's, that's good. That's a good way to, to define it. Yeah, I would say that's the naturalist hiker group i guess I, I would say the the more hippie kind of backpackers yeah yeah i think so too uh but that was kind of those last two they they kind of threw a wrench into it and i was like well i still want to do this video uh, so oh, we're gonna, totally doing it but i don't think that uh, the sponsor that i was working with would have approved so i was like ah uh, i'm not even gonna run it by them because in the contract they had some specifics in there on you know, which I totally understand yeah. because if I was paying somebody to do something, there may be things that I don't want them to say or do in a video, and I'm going to put that in a contract. Right. Well, and I'm curious if you're listening right now or you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment. And let us know what are some deep, dark secrets that we missed. What are some things that uh, that people do out in the backcountry that people just don't talk about? I'm always curious what those things are. I think we all know what they are most of the time but we just don't talk about it. So I am curious, uh, curious what you guys come up with on some of those things. It's an interesting, Jeremiah. Yes. Jeremiah. It's an interesting mm-hmm. uh, conversation. It <laughs> that is. We created but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, man. This was good. You came up with this all by yourself. This is all you. This is the Jeremiah episode. Well, thank you. Because this was, this was fantastic. Now, I do want to say I was very excited to text you yesterday. Yeah, about. Very excited to text you yesterday about our guest coming on the 20th. Oh, my gosh, dude. I have so many questions. And I think, I mean, we're less than a month out, aren't we? 
Uh, yeah, this video will be published February the 1st, this episode. And that's going to be the 20th. So, I mean, we're less than 20 days out. You know what I think we should? I think we should probably just let everybody know who it is and go ahead and get people excited for this episode and start getting them ready to watch this thing. Well, we're talking two and a half weeks away. We are talking two and a half weeks away, and we're going to have our good new friend. She's going to be our best friend when this is all said and done. Yeah, cross your fingers. You know fingers. that, right? Like, I, she is going to be our best friend. I got a lot of questions for her because I have been uh, – she doesn't know me, but I've known her for several years. Well, all I'm going to say is we're having Jessica Mills, a.k.a. Dixie, on the channel on the 20th of February, and we are really excited about this. Uh, this is something I've been trying to, to get her on here for about a year now, and uh, she's real excited. We got our wires crossed. She actually apologized. She's like, I'm sorry. I can't believe I didn't get back to you about whatever. And I was like, oh. Yeah, no she worries. She travels the world, guys. She literally travels the world. Just this year, she's been to Iceland and Tanzania, Africa. So she's good, you mm -hmm. know, but we're excited because this this girl has – she's a full-on triple crowner. Uh, she's hiked most of the major trails that most people know about. She just finished Kilimanjaro, so you know my heart with Kilimanjaro, <sighs> and she's also done – uh, a trail that Jeremiah is really excited about, too. Yeah, the Camino de Santiago, which Bridget and I bought our tickets for. Um, oh, at the end it's of, getting real. Yeah, at the end of May, we uh, are flying into Paris, France. So what you're saying is we're going to have to film like four or five episodes in advance before you leave. Well, we may even, uh, if the internet is good enough, we may even get some live streams in while Bridget and I are out Ooh. on trail. Now, that would be awesome. Yeah, a little live check-in, see how much of the yeah. 500 or so miles that we've done and what life is like in Europe. It'll, it'll be fun to see the time change, what we got to deal with on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I think they're like nine hours behind, so it might not work. Uh, so we'll have like a 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, one of these things. It'll be like 11 for you. Yeah, maybe a zero day for me or something in there. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. But that's going to be fun, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be a good time. Oh, dude, I That's can't wait. Be a really good time. I can't wait to talk to uh, Jessica, a.k.a. Dixie. Her YouTube channel is oh, yeah. Homemade Wonderlust. So if you want to check out some of her stuff ahead of time, um, or if you just want some great content, um, she has been doing backpacking videos on YouTube for years. You know, she started with, like, the Appalachian Trail, and she has turned into uh, an amazing backpacker. From I well, and, and you and I have talked about this before. She was a huge influence on both of us when we got started into backpacking. We used a lot of advice from her videos when we got started. Yeah, and a big inspiration for yeah, big inspiration for me not only to get out there on the trail and do it and a, a big reservoir of information, you know, but also to start your channel and passionate about sharing that knowledge with others, you know, huge deal. Yeah, it is. Huge deal. We're excited to have her on. That's going to be February 20th. That will be a live stream. So if you are online, you can ask questions, and if we if we if we can keep up with all of them, we may even read your question online, and she may answer it for you. So we're excited about that, Jeremiah. Enjoy the rest of your snow day where there's no snow. And <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. It's Kentucky, man. If they it literally they canceled school today because they heard there was going to be snow. So yep. gotta love it, gotta love it. Well, for myself and Jeremiah, thanks for tuning in. We will catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, adios, folks.